0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's 7.07 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. This hour, we're looking into
1: the Safe Sports Act and what it aims to achieve. So this is back in the headlines because earlier this month, Minister of Youth and Sports Hannah Yo decided against tabling the Safe Sports Bill. Uh, She instead pledged to enshrine uh, its provisions under a code instead that would be implemented as soon as March. Uh, She said that this decision um, essentially took into account the fact that this would become a lengthy legislative process that could complicate or end up delaying the ministry's aim, which is to make the sporting ecosystem safer for athletes.
0: Now, of course, this hasn't, um, I think, been received with... This hasn't been welcome for all quarters. Um, so, Serena Sundra Raja, uh, who we're going to speak to shortly as well, is the president of Safe Sport Malaysia, and she expressed disappointment, saying that Malaysia needs to be more serious about safe sports and that the government's effort to address this issue, abuse in sports, had amounted to little more than a facade over the years, and that the unwillingness to move forward in implementing the Safe Sport Act shows that the safety and well being of everyone involved in sports isn't the top priority, which again is what they have been. They've been. been pushing for. So just to make it very clear then, um, I think it's kind of indicative of the the divide, right? Because on the one hand, you've got the minister saying that, well, it won't be as comprehensive, I think, but it can be put into place sooner and therefore can be implemented and forced sooner. Uh, On the other hand, you have advocates saying, well, no, we need a wider ranging conversation. We need a wider ranging piece of legislation.
1: So the Safe Sport Act would basically have made it mandatory for people on duty, uh, coaches, administrators and so on, to report suspicions of abuse to the relevant law enforcement agencies within 24 hours. It would have compelled Malaysian sports associations to adhere to it, to act as a tribunal, um, and this will ensure that victims as well as whistleblowers are protected. Uh, The act would also allow the ministry to impose um, impose these regulations upon sports associations.
0: And in terms of the information that's being discussed to drive this com- this conversation, I think that there are, again, two separate surveys that are being referred to. So, on the one hand, you've got a survey that was commissioned by the former Youth and Sports Minister Ahmad Faisal Azumu, uh, via the Institute for Youth Research Malaysia early last year, which revealed disturbing levels of abuse in sports. Uh, the survey was aiming to better understand athletes' experiences and the extent of abuse um, in the sporting realm. Uh, Serena has actually said that there are reasons to believe that these cases are just the tip of the iceberg, saying that abuse in Malaysian sports is worse than it seems. On the other hand, uh, the minister, the current Minister of Youth and Sports has referred to the sexual harassment survey that was conducted and was using information there, although um, Sarina has also said that that doesn't get specific enough into the realm of sports itself.
1: Yeah, so essentially, I think the question here is whether a code would suffice, as the Minister is saying, um, and in fact, maybe be a more expedient way of getting things done, or or whether the Act itself would be more effective and enable more um, oversight, I think, to ensure that this sort of abuse doesn't happen. Sports has been in the headlines a lot lately, right? And Mm.
0: incidents of abuse, unfortunately, over the last few years have been more widely reported than before. I mean... Um, I think the the one that springs to mind perhaps is the one of uh, in early January where a video went viral on social media of a volleyball coach slapping one of his players from the team, uh, which happened I think during the under 14 youth volleyball championship. But there have also been other cases of sexual harassment, right? Um, which have been reported, for example, by uh, swimmer Cindy Ong as well as Pandalila Rinong, our national diver. So, all of which to say that is what's driving the call for the Safe Sport Act. And to be clear, what the minister has said is that um, what's going to happen is, is that the provision there's going to be a provision that is enshrined in a code uh, rather than an act overall, in order to kind of get around what would otherwise be a very lengthy process of getting it put in place. So. What do you make of this? You can call double seven double three 2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we'll be joined by Sarina Raja, President of Safe Sports Malaysia. Keep it here, BFM 89.9.
1: Business, football, music. BFM 89.9.
0: It is 7.13 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. We're talking today about the Safe Spots Act, which is not uh, unfortunately going to be tabled. Instead, it will be enshrined or a provision for it will be enshrined in a code that could instead be implemented sooner um, in March. So we're asking you what... Did you make of this? Uh, what do you think would make sports safer? You can call 7733 2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018 789 8899, and tweet us at BFM Radio. Speaking with us now is Sarina Sundararaja, President of Safe Sport Malaysia. Sarina, thanks for speaking with us. So, Youth and Sports Minister Hannah Yeo has said the ministry will not table a safe sport bill, uh, but she pledged to enshrine its provision in a code. You've spoken about how disappointing this is, and that it shows that the safety and well-being of everyone involved in sports are not a top priority. Um, before we get to that, though, um, let's start with the question of what a bill—what could a bill achieve that a code would not? Does it offer sufficient protection for athletes?
2: Um, So the need for a safe sport code was called for, partly due to the survey evidence in early early last year, highlighting the prevalence of harm experienced by athletes, including physical, psychological and sexual abuse and neglect. However, while these measures continue to be adopted in many countries today, and our essential safeguarding standard, it only represents the first step in the safe sport journey. The code is inadequate in terms of enforcement towards safe sport because it is procedural and refers to existing laws that are inadequate to address athlete's abuse. However, it is essential to remember that a code sits below an act. Therefore, a breach of guidance or codes is not necessarily an offence and needs to be directly linked to the primary act offence. They do not usually carry the force of legislation and are often rules crafted in response to actual or potential dangers observed in a particular field of work in this case sports. However, a Safe Sport Act would strengthen protection for athletes against all forms of abuse in sports and foreseeable injuries caused by sports related incidents while providing remedies that are not covered under existing laws. The Safe Sport Act is vital because it will give us the authority and scope to address abuse and misconduct in sports beyond the national governing level. In addition, this extension of jurisdiction can help to impose an increased standard of care at the grassroots and community levels, expand mandatory reporting of suspected abuse, including prevention training, and provide whistleblower protection to prevent retaliation. However, a court is welcome as an interim measure with so many abuse cases in sports in Malaysia, but it could be quick implemented during the course of preparation of the draft bill for the first reading. So for example, the overall legislative process for the Anti-Sexual Harassment Act um, um, took 10 months and 4 days from the first reading to the Royal Assent. However, the Act is yet to be enforced. So accordingly, given the efficient nature of the legislative process in Malaysia, A Safe Sport Act is possible with an efficient drafting committee to bring it before the parliament. Moreover, from available records, the Malaysian parliament is efficient in getting legislative reforms and matters of national importance.
1: So if we go back to your statement that this shows uh, that the safety in sports isn't a top priority, could you expand on that?
2: Um. We can only stand a chance to address address abuse once we face sports um, structural and cultural problems head-on and this needs to consider the role and responsibility of the government, sports organisations and the broader sporting system. Despite the recent progress in developing the Safe Sport Code, um, which communicates expected standards of behaviour for everyone involved in sports, this is not enough. Victims face um, significant barriers to reporting without statutory protection and meaningful reparation and remedy. Sports itself has um, a unique unregulated type of autonomy with each organization responsible for governing and disciplining itself. And this means they can claim the right to regulate athletes abuse and to determine penalties. As a result of this. Uh, many who are tied to abuse are still training or coaching today due to inconsistent standards for sanctions across sports. And active measures must be taken to address these challenges in changing the culture and structure of sports. And according to studies, as most abuse and misconduct cases in sports, they do not meet a criminal threshold. So therefore, they are directed back to sports organizations Organizations to handle internally. However, the lack of independent investigations creates a conflict of interest, resulting in these reports being addressed unfairly or inadequately. Even when reports are handled externally, the sports organisations are still responsible for applying sanctions, often with few actionable outcomes. In addition, the system fails to consider the role of the bystander by identifying adults in positions of authority over young people as legally accountable for reporting abuse and misconduct. So this demonstrates the need for a new independent reporting and adjudication mechanism to address complaints that violate the code of conduct. These processes should be fair, transparent, and accessible to all participants at every level of sport. Unfortunately, this recommendation for a Safe Sport Centre was dismissed. The Safe Sport Code is necessary, but the Safe Sport Act and the Safe Sport Centre must accompany it. Malaysia has limited legal frameworks that recognise the issues in sports. And the Safe Sport Act is vital because it will help change how we think about abuse in sports and who is responsible for perpetuating harm while providing comprehensive protection? The Safe Spot Act is legal oversight. The Safe Spot Code is administrative oversight. And finally, the Safe Spot Center is independent oversight. We must implement all three to drive the required systemic change in sports. So the Sport Centre protects athlete safety with the authority to respond, investigate and resolve all abuse-related allegations. It also adheres to the policies in the Sport Code, which ensures that law enforcement is immediately engaged and complex abuse matters are handled with sensitivity by experts with the right experience and skills.
0: So in an interview with the Vibes, you referenced a survey commissioned by former Youth and Sports Minister Ahmad Faisal Azumu via the Institute for Youth Research Malaysia. And uh, this was something that we referred to earlier as well. Could you take us through the findings?
2: Previously, former Youth and Sports Ministry, um, Secretary-General Datuk Jana Santren he said that these findings revealed disturbing sports abuse levels, which continue to go unchecked. However, this report will not be available to its stakeholders and the public. So this survey was conducted to understand better um, athlete experiences and the extent of abuse in sports following numerous highly publicized cases, including allegations of rape and sexual assault. However, there are reasons to believe that these cases are just the tip of the iceberg and abuse in Malaysian sports is worse than it seems as the government is reluctant to release its findings. But transparency of this data will um, help to guide our strategies to help set baseline measurements, um, identify high-risk groups, and develop target-oriented prevention programs, including practical strategies and policies. So we must know when and how our athletes are being abused so we can take steps to protect them and prevent future occurrences.
1: Minister Hannah Yo drew comparisons between the findings of uh, the survey with other surveys on sexual harassment conducted by the Women, Family and Community Development Ministry. Uh, but you said that the results shouldn't necessarily be compared.
2: Why is that? So a distinction has to be made between um, general victims of sexual harassment and athletes who face similar abuse at sports training and competitions. The scope of the survey conducted by the Women, Family and Community Development Ministry is not st- Sufficient to cater to the abuse in sports as is based on sexual harassment. Abuse in sports is not necessarily always sexual. So the 2016 International Olympic Committee consensus statement defines sports abuse as physical, psychological and neglect apart from sexual harassment and abuse. And... On that
0: note, um, the Minister also argued that the Penal Code, Employment Act and the Anti-Sexual Harassment Act already exist. And to give these laws a chance to serve their purpose, uh, why do you find these provisions insufficient?
2: These existing laws are not sport-specific. Therefore, it is not sufficient to provide the necessary protection against all forms of abuse faced by athletes in the manner the Safe Sport Act would provide. Currently, the Penal Code provides general and limited remedies. At the same time, the Anti-Sexual Harassment Act, which is yet to come into force, applies only to unwanted conduct of a sexual nature. Similarly, the Employment Act provides remedies against sexual harassment only and does not address other forms of abuse in sports. So therefore, a Safe Sport Act is necessary because it is a sports-centric legislation addressing all forms of abuse in sports and foreseeable injuries caused by sport-related incidents while providing remedies not covered under this existing laws in Malaysia. So in general, it is the duty of the government of Malaysia to ensure athletes' safety and well-being who engage in any form of sports in Malaysia. However, with so many cases being reported and highlighted in the media, the government of Malaysia cannot ignore the importance of the Safe Sport Act to provide safety, prevention, protection and remedies to athlete victims.
1: So what reactions have you heard from the sports community since this was announced?
2: Um, I've been receiving very positive responses from the sporting community uh, and including the corporate sector. So they have been reaching out to me and asking um, how they can um, uh, lend their support and also, grow the Safe Sport movement so we are able to um, fully realize the Safe Sport Act. So um, it has been very positive. And as president
0: of Safe Sport Malaysia, how will the association continue to advocate for this?
2: Um, despite the setbacks, um, Safe Sport Malaysia remains committed um, to fulfilling our mission of protecting athletes against abuse. However, Um, Promoting safe sport in Malaysia will continue to struggle, um, sometimes provoking controversies and bitter debates, but the fight for safe sport is far from over and we must continue to push for reforms. We are dealing with a systemic issue and prevention requires moral courage to challenge the organisational autonomy of sport. So we urge the Ministry of Youth and Sports to do the right thing. Sometimes it might not be popular, but it might save lives and save athletes.
1: Are you concerned that this move might impact the way the sports industry is viewed by aspiring athletes?
2: See, many parents might be under the impression that um, abuse only happens at elite levels. Um, Still, a lot is happening at the grassroots and community levels uh, where most young children participate. Unfortunately, uh, very little attention and prevention resources go to the masses and it remains an absolute blind spot in the system. And as a result, um, we lack a safe and accessible approach for child athletes to report abuse. Um, Children's sports should should be carried out in a safe, positive and encouraging atmosphere. And this is imperative if sport is to keep providing uh, rewarding experience for both adults and children. So how do we affect meaningful change so that this does not continue to happen to these young children? Because parents play a dominant role in shaping the participation decisions of their children. And no one wants children exposed to um, predatory behavior in sports. So um, we all can play a part, and you can pledge your support to make sports safe for every child. So if you have not already, um, please join the Safe Sport Malaysia Advocates Community um, on our social networks to raise further awareness. And um, let's make this a reality and make the Safe Sport Act
0: um, happen. Sarina, thanks for speaking with us. That was Sarina Sundara Raja, president of Safe Sport Malaysia, talking about the need for a Safe Sports Act and that is it from us today. You've been listening to the evening edition BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9,
2: the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.